Hey everybody, how's it going? Hey, I hope everyone is having a great weekend. Um, yeah, so this is going to be part two of the episode with Josh Lynn. It was fantastic. Um, when he came on, man, he did two hours worth of stuff, and man, we had to break into two episodes. Um, and yeah, man, there was just so much good material on the whole episode, so... Um, yeah, it was really good. And man, we talked about his teal calls. We talked about call makers right now, just killing it. Um, and what's so funny is I kind of gave up on the teal call race, like right before we, um, did the episode. And then like two days after the episode, I, um, made my first official teal call and now I've got them so it's uh it is amazing how many people are coming out with teal calls right now it's just crazy i mean this is the year for and they're all different styles they're so cool um yeah i mean maybe because here's the deal everyone makes a duck call um this i mean it's pretty much the same way um it's the same tone board. Everyone cuts their reads a little different. Everyone does a little tone. But here's the thing. With the teal call, uh, there's like three, four different ways you could do it. Um, and you cut your reads differently. And I mean, it is not as common as a duck call. So I was thinking today, it's like, man, maybe Josh needs to talk to his brother Sean and be like, hey, maybe there should be like a Call Nuts Classic Teal competition maybe because not everyone makes a teal call and it would um I don't know if it's a good or bad idea because it would push the competition man that people would be coming up with their teal calls but they would all be different styles um it'd be neat so just an idea throughout there but anyway this was an excellent episode I'm so glad that um if you're listening to it man you're going to really enjoy it so Enjoy this episode. This is Rilo's Quack Chat. As a call maker, I enjoy talking shop with other duck call makers. On this podcast, it's all about duck calls and duck hunting. From the marsh to the duck call shop, we're going to find the story behind the duck calls and the people that make them. This is Rilo's Quack Chat. Yeah, the man, you know, it's it's always about doing something different. And man, with the teal calls, you just those things sound so sweet. They look awesome. Um, and you know, it's, it's just doing the next, the next thing, doing things differently. And I think you and I are kind of the same way with the ADD and I'm constantly, have you, um, made a uh, Cajun tone board yet? Louisiana style yet? No. Um, and for the people that do, man, great. I just, uh, you probably won't see a Cajun call come from me right now i've got if you think about it right now i've got too many irons in the fire of what i do make mm -hmm. if i if i add something else right now 
way I was, I was going to say, I'd probably lose my mind. But <laughs> and again, tell you the way my mind works, it'd be like, all right, let's have yeah. something else, you know. Because even like I haven't made one yet, but I'm going to actually have so the the metal read that I do make, it it is a real foot, it is a real foot tall. But I do a real foot short barrel, and I'm going to add a real foot long barrel. Uh huh. There's going to be another thing to add to the pot, plus your, you know, the whistle, a timber call, got the new call, Luna call, the vintage series. I mean, with everything that I make, uh, I really try not to add more to my shoulders. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I keep adding. Uh, and not only that, too, I mean, not just adding another call line, but keep adding to the stuff to do were like I did so you know go back to earlier when I said you know after the checker call I started doing some fluted calls mm-hmm. all right well I've since then ordered some some different style fluted 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 bits getting tongued out again and I still haven't had a chance to get out there and try these different bits yet and I'm itching to but then also too I was like man I've got I'm itching to do um another a checker call. I'm eager to do another race panel call now, since I kind of got over the got got over the last one. I'm ready to start another one. I got too many irons that need to start a fire. Just don't know where to start with them. Yeah, because I keep adding. I keep on getting sidetracked because I want to try this. I want to try this. That's where I keep pushing myself to the limit. And when I think I can't push no more. I push you even harder. Yeah. 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 Just, just wait, just wait till, uh, man, I'll tell you what though, as far as your line goes, man, just, you've got different styles. I mean, you've got the, the, um, metal reed calls are fantastic. I love those, but man, the call of the year for you has got to be that Luna call. That that Luna call is just a screamer. Yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm pretty proud of that one. And I'm and once again, you know, adding another thing to the fire. I'm so eager to get started on a batch of those, but I'm kind of just waiting right now. But I'm itching. <laughs> I'm itching. But because every the the first five will, will be flat jig, that's where I'll wait to send that insert off so I have something to go by so I can. Because it won't, I when you flat jigs every call, you you can't get it exactly the way that one was. Mm-hmm. There's gonna probably be maybe a few thousands difference, but I'll have something to really get it close. But man, if I can hit it, if it even sounds like the the second version of that tail call. Because what I didn't do, I should have put up a sound file on that soundboard because that dude wailed too. Mm. So that thing when you do, that's what happens when you uh, work off a flat jig. You create a new tone board every time. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, <clears throat> like what I think, well, it was today, earlier today, man. You know, I was at work working a half shift and, it, while I was working, I was thinking, it's like, man, I think I could make a camo call. And then I get home and I just did it in like 30 minutes and had that thing C8 and done. It's like, oh no, 
there's another option. It's just <laughs> endless. Oh, yeah. I mean, now, you haven't seen a CA call from me in a while. Um, I'm not against CA, but literally the customer has to tell me that he wants it. Because if not, I, th- I this is a 50-50 argument. There's some people that's like me that I will tell you, I don't believe in a CA for a hunting call. I want that joker to, to be having oil finish, and that's it. Most of the time I do like an oil, like a velvet oil finish, and that's about the best you get out of me right now. If you wanted to CA, as long as it wasn't carved or anything, it was just a kind of just a, <laughs> you know, plain call. I don't mind doing a CA finish, but also, too, I, I you know, I tell them up front, okay, well, if it costs, if the call costs a hundred dollars, okay, well it's fixing to cost you twenty dollars extra because that's what I charge the CA that call. Because you know, for once you put, you know, you're doing CA, well now you just got that much more time invested in the call. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of you know where you talk about how you like just making hunting calls. That's kind of what I like doing. And sometimes, yes, I pretty them up, but ninety percent of the stuff you wood calls you see come from me are going to have a good old finish on it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the, you're, that's the thing when you were saying about CA, it's like, you don't need to, man. I've seen your, your oil calls. You buff those to such a shine. It's like, they're just fantastic. Well, so, you know, I had showed you something that I used to uh to help with that finish mm-hmm. and then I've, I've added another ingredient to that that helps makes it shine even more where you don't have to buff it as much mm. so yeah um, i i actually used one of your methods the other day those field calls that uh like uh one of the sets you bought um or you ordered uh, yeah. the, those, the, the wood duck calls are CA'd, but the duck call barrel is, um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I put those in a bees after I oil them, I put them in an oil bath and then I put them in a hot beeswax bath in a crock pot for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then man, I, I do not worry about any part of that call being sealed. Oh no, but it's well something too, and I'm not afraid to tell this to anybody too, because it's not really a secret. But even in your sanding process, I mean, I get down. Uh, I let's just say, for example, I say I'll sand down to two twenty mm-hmm. dry. After that, I sand with I sand with the velvet oil. From there to oh, what was it to four hundred. No, actually, I've got five stages, and the in, the last one's still wool. And for anybody listening, if you ain't your last, if you ain't made your last step still wool, I guarantee you that joker will make that. You get to that, and that still wool makes that thing slicker than that. It's not. Oh yes, but it anyway, does. But I I sand <laughs> with velvet oil. Uh, and what you're doing, what that does too, is each sanding stage. You're sanding that oil into the wood a little bit to where when you get through with all your sanding stages and you got it slick, but yes, I've been, I still let it sit in the 
in the pot for a little bit. Um, normally, I only let mine set for two or three hours, maybe. Um, I'll let it sit overnight. If I if I put it in there, say like at nine or ten o'clock at night, chances are I'm gonna leave it in there overnight because wood's still only gonna soak up so much, and that's it. Especially like African black wood and cocoboa, they have so much natural oil in the woods that mm-hmm. um, you don't really have to let them sit in an over uh, an oil bath overnight. Uh, you can let them like just sit for an hour or two, and they're ready to rock and roll. Mm. You're, you're just helping put an extra waterproof finish on it, basically what I like to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, they're just sharp. They're just sl- so slick and sharp. The, um, yeah. So what's what's going to be on you? Let's, uh, before, man, we're going a little late, but that is fine. Totally fine. Well, actually, I was trying to beat Jack Jack's record, man. Huh? I was trying to beat Jack's record. Well, I don't remember how far, how long was it? Like an hour and forty-five minutes. Well, it was long as heck. Well, we're almost an hour and a half. Let's we'll do about five, six more minutes, and we'll. If I didn't <laughs> beat his record, I'll be second place anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The um. Uh. Yeah. Well, I think. No, no, I I think PK wasn't as long as Jack. No, yeah, I think Jack was the longest so far. But um, yeah, what uh, what was I got tag on? Oh, what so uh during um hunting hunting season this year, what's going to be on your lanyard? Are you going to have some calls from some call trades on there once in a while? Are you going to be running the um, Luna, the Shadow? Where are you going to run? Well, actually, um, once again. It's probably going to be a few more years before I start hunting some of my collection. I still, I'm still going to be in the field trial um, phases for the next few years. And uh, there might be a day I might, I mean, I got plenty of lanyards, so I'll, I may stick a couple of uh, trade calls, (laughs) may hunt them a day or so, but mainly it's, it's going to be my calls and, Probably this year I'm gonna like like a duck call showman out there because I'm I'm gonna have one of everything I make. Yeah, I'm gonna have you know my six and one whistle. Uh, I'm gonna have my short reed metal call. I'm gonna have my timber call, the shadow. I'm gonna have a Luna on there. Um, <laughs> I'll have a, I'm actually gonna have a I will have a blue wing on there. But also too, uh, I didn't even say this before. Even during regular season. We are overrun with green wings. That's mm. the first. Normally, that's the. We'll, we'll see mallards and you know other big ducks, but normally when season starts, we always see the green wings first lot of day, or right you know right when shooting hours comes in, it's always the green wings. Why is that? I don't know. Yeah. But that blue wing call, even though it doesn't mimic a green wing, they still. I've had plenty of response this past season from using the one that I had built myself last year, they respond to it, to me, better than what I did just clacking them on a duck call because he'll respond to anything. You can peep at them. You can use a duck call at them. But uh, I I wish I had proof of success, but I had more success calling out the teal this year with a blue wing teal call. Yeah. So Hmm. I'll I'll have one of everything I make, so I'll probably have... 
six or seven calls on because I've also um, I make a goose call, but I, I I will admit the guts aren't mine. And the only reason why I say that is because I don't make I really don't make a goose call and enough of them to put out there. Uh, my friends have them, and maybe a few other people have them, but I don't I don't plan on making any to sell. But mm-hmm. I'll have a Canada uh, <laughs> on me for during regular season, and I'll have a which is great about that too. Is you can I use five eighths guts, so you can just pull the guts out and stick back in there for when an early spec season comes in. So I mean, I'll have a goose call and all the different models. I look like Bill Robertson with Duck Commander having so many calls around the neck. You know what? I have to tell you this: Phil Robertson has nothing on Patrick Greaves. Nothing. How many calls did Patrick have on? His he neck? had he like started? twelve. Something ridiculous. Like he was telling me that he pretty much looks like a medicine man walking walking to the blind. Well, that, that's how I look. And you know, a lot of people only like to have one or two calls. And hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, for me, I'm gonna look like I'm gonna look like a voodoo doctor too because uh, this is the test trials stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, getting to use different situations too. You know. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, also too, I mean, I don't make a whole lot of them to sell, but, but I, you know, I do make a wood duck call too, but once again, I'd get those little inserts from Doug Hess because, um, I think one day I would like to try to, to make my own little wood duck J frame, but I don't know if that'll ever happen, but I'll keep it in mind for future reference. But for right now, I just use those little Doug, in, Doug Hess inserts and, um, but basically just for my friends and me and I may put a few of them out there like going, we go to shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, believe it or not, there are some people out there that are looking for them. But there's so many people out there that make them too that, man, I just put a few out there here and there. Basically, if someone re- messaged me and said, hey, do you make a wood duck call? Yeah. You know, and I'll send them a picture. It's like, okay, I want one. Other than that, I really don't post them and sell them. Mm-hmm. Oh, the uh, wood duck calls? Yeah, the wood duck calls. Uh, you know, I, I like to make them. I'm really digging the uh, duo pack that I'm doing right now. Cause, yeah, because, you know. That's awesome. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'll say, yeah, that duo you got right now is awesome. Yeah, the um, it's it's just I, I want to get calls in people's hands, man. It's, you know, it's. <laughs> My ambitions are bigger than my uh, ability right now. So, one day, man, I I hope uh, <laughs> I hope I can uh, get things to where my ability can uh, is as good as my ambitions. So we'll see. Oh, you'll get there. You know, you know, like I said earlier, you know, anybody listening to this, whether you're how whether you've been in it 10 years, five years, or you're just getting into it, the only, the thing, biggest thing to remember is that call making is not a journey. Mm-hmm. It's not a race. There's, there's people that have been in this business a lot longer. And when, when you get to a point where you think you're doing good, you'll see somebody else put something out. And you're like, holy crap, I quit. <laughs> I mean, literally, but just always remember call making is not a race. It's a journey. Yeah. Everybody don't reach a certain, like, say, 
you know, with Cody Law, within his first couple of years, look how far he come. So that would have taken me five years. Yeah. Because everybody runs at a different pace. And once again, I procrastinate so much when I go in that shop. I'm always figuring out how to talk myself to going back in the house. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's bad to say, but I do. Um, I do find motivation every now and then to really get in there and just, <laughs> you know, knock some calls out. But man, I'm like really slow going. And it goes back to again, the reason why you don't see a lot from me right now is because I'm steady trying to push myself um, to be better at some of this stuff. And once again, I'm not trying to be better than anybody else because there's people out there right now that put me to shame. And I will gladly admit that. I will gladly be like, one day I'll be there, I think. Maybe. You know, I see the progression where I, for for a year and a half, I see where my progression is now. I'm hoping that in 10, you know, five to 10 years that I can't wait to see where it happens. You know, just like with you, like in Cody, Jack, Patrick, um, Chris, uh, man, you're going to have to remind me his last Tordokas. name. Say it again. Was it Chris Tordokas or Chris Adams? Yeah. Uh, well, both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, seeing where these guys, will, you know, the, the playing field now, I can't wait to see where it's going to be at in five to ten years, like myself and, like, and everybody else. Because right now, it's, I can't remember who's Somebody said it before, but that that bar gets raised every day. Mm-hmm. Just went like you know, say Chris Adams with that dragon scale. Yep, he just raised the bar, but tomorrow somebody else is going to even raise the bar even higher. And it's not you know with call maker, we're not us as call makers. We're not meaning to push each other, but everybody's talent comes out and you're like man you just want to raise that bar keep raising that bar keep raising it and uh i think we've raised it enough to climb mount everest <laughs> yeah but that's cool but, but the coolest thing I, you know i've seen lately is that you don't you don't hardly see no bashing going on everybody's so supportive now they yes we're always going to have haters you can't get away from that it's going to be and I mean, you can't forget the uh, polishing reeds debacle of 2021. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. You know, I, I I'm going to go ahead and tell you this, but there was. Listen, I do not. I I try to be Sweden, okay? I try to stay in the middle, and I want to find out, you know, what someone's view is. You know, I I don't like to step on toes. And I try to be everyone's buddy, you know. I want to be everyone's friend. I don't. I, I have no enemies, you know. I'm that guy that wants to be everyone's friend. Um, yeah. But the I am really tempted to go down to Real Foot and with the shirt that says, "I I polish reeds," <laughs> or Dude. "I polish goose reeds." <laughs> Well, if you get a shirt made, get an extra large for me. I'll wear one, too. Oh, my gosh. That would be so funny. Oh, we'll have a uh, put, put on mine. I polish reeds on the front and put on the back eight crayons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Have, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, and, uh. 
Yeah, I, I, I want to wear that shirt and walk up to Ben Chook and talk to him wearing that. <laughs> 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 what did you think of his uh, when I brought that up to him? He was like, nope, nope, not touching it. <laughs> yeah, I know it, man. He he's a character, man. I like Ben. Oh man, you know, uh, I've got to meet him um, four or five times. Well, mm-hmm. three or four times, or four or five times. I've seen him. I've seen him a few times, and dude, he's always a character to hang out with. I mean, um, shared some good stories with him, and uh, man, it's one hell of a guy. I, you know, I'm hoping to. You know, some of these other guys that, you know, we're, we're friends with that, you know, I haven't even got to meet yet. Kind of like, you know, Jeff was saying, he ain't got to meet a lot of people. But, you know, him just now getting into it, that's the thing that stinks about from last year to this year is that this COVID crap has knocked the stuff out. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, because, you know, normally a few months ago, we should have had the Queen Illinois show. Um, but it, it got canceled earlier this year, you know, then next would have been lumbar, but it got canceled. Let's hope real foot don't get canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in the, if the world's, if the world's don't get canceled, then they, you know, that'll be in Maryland. So that's going to be sometime in November. You'll have, uh, the world's at Stuttgart main street, the ones in Maryland's lived up, uh, main streets in Stuttgart. And I don't know where the world media is i don't i can't remember where that was but if those can carry on that would be something to to get to see and get to meet a lot of call makers too because that's a not only is it a big gathering of callers but good gathering of call makers as well yeah and yeah. also too um i don't know if you've seen this gotta mention this real quick if anybody hasn't seen it um oh John Stevens actually has been, I think, having once a month or once every other month. I know he's got one coming up in September sometime. That's a call, maker, call makers meet and greet. There's something else to think about, too, if you live within a few hours. Um, you have, you'd probably have to get on his page to find out the date. I want to say I thought it was the 18th, but I think he's trying to do that once a month to, you know, get a, to let everybody meet each other. So that, you know, keep keep that in mind. Yeah, That's pretty cool. I missed the last one because I was in the hospital the day I was just re- got out of the hospital. It was happening that sat. I was come out Thursday and it happened that Saturday and I couldn't make it. I was really looking forward to it too. Mm. Mm. But there's another one next month, so I'm hoping to get to it. You know, if there'll be call makers and collectors and see some pretty cool stuff. Well, I mean, is that going to be at R and T? Yeah, it's going to be at, yeah, R&T shut, uh, down by Max and Stuttgart. And, man, I'm telling you, when you walk in, it, it, it feels kind of small, but it's it's really not. <laughs> What's cool about it, too, is it's even like at Callapalooza. You know, John Stephen has his, his personal call shop is inside R&T, and he's got two big windows that you can look in there if he's in there, when he's in there. You can watch him do his process of how he makes calls. That's mm. pretty cool. Yeah. And then he can walk out of a shop and go to his own bar, have a, get a beer, and go back in and get back after it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't everybody love to have their own bar tavern in their own shop? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, what was I going to say? Oh, but how far away from the R&T shop are you? Uh, two hours. See, I, I think I'm like eight hours. Well, real quick, how far was you from Railfoot, did you say? Yeah, I think I'm six hours and 40 minutes. Well, then you're another two hours to me, mm -hmm. and then you'd be another two hours to Stuttgart. What, one thing that showed it was like eight hours, maybe eight hours and 20 minutes or something like that. I forget what route it was, but it was a little different. Oh, I got you. I don't know. Yeah, it, it may take you. Well, I mean, I was saying if you know from, yeah, it'd probably take you another way. I I mean, you would know better than me. You're a truck driver. Well, I, I was just thinking from you to real foot and real foot to me, but I I can't remember what town you live in because whatever town you live in, it'll probably take you a different route. Right. It wouldn't take you through the way that way. But I was just thinking, <laughs> you know, about eight hours, somewhere around eight hours, where it should take you. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to try and make it to Real Foot, and uh, yeah, I'll try to get those shirts made up. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, I, how many coal makers are down there? Ben Shook told me there's quite a few, but I mean, are there 30? I mean, how many are usually down there? Okay, so uh, let's go back to 2019 when the when the last contest was held. If I had to put an estimate on it, I bet there was over a hundred. Wow! Holy crap! You know, and and some of those guys, I mean, they weren't there for the calling contest; they were just there to sell calls or or chit chat. See, and but you take last take last year um, when COVID canceled the contest. I bet there was still at least forty guys. Because yeah. you'll meet guys that you ain't even heard of. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, his last name's Pickle. I don't remember his first name. So I might be somebody may send me a message. Well, hey, it's this guy. His last name's Pickle. He only makes anywhere from like five to ten calls a year. That's it. And he and the coolest thing about his packaging is he puts them in a pickle jar. <laughs> that is cool. But his call is bad to the bone. Really? And and you think that call has that guy has that great of a call. But how come you don't see more of it? But that's just how some people are. That's where it's amazing the people I've got to meet that don't want nothing to do with social media. There is so much talent out there that I think needs to be seen that they're not on social media. Yeah. Um, even at Callapalooza. Um, I'd have to ask my buddy what his, he would remember what his name was, but it's a guy that you don't, you've never seen on call nuts. Had some of the most beautiful calls you've ever seen. Um, and he was a younger guy too. Um, I was like, man, you need to get on call nuts and call lounge. Get on some of these sites and show your work. He's like, oh, well, I stay busy with my job. I really don't have a whole lot of time. He said, I do have a Facebook page. But if you went and looked at it, um, the last thing he posted was back in 2014. 
Oh, geez. And then um, there was another guy there. His his name's Doug Rice. I've actually got to uh, I got to really meet him this time. I did get to meet him at another show briefly. Um, he does some of the most amazing looking race panel calls, and he hand checkers them all with a knife. Mm. And it's some of the most beautiful calls you've ever seen. And uh, <laughs> you don't see him on. You don't. I mean, his calls. He was asking one hundred fifty dollars for. I mean, all his calls were race panels and something very pretty to go. Some of them were even prettier than that. And he was asking 150 for anything on the table. If you were me would make that, or if I seen somebody else make, or somebody famous made that, that call would sell for five or $600. And I got to pick up one of his too. But that just goes back to saying the talent out there and the talent I've seen at these shows some of these guys are not even on the on social media, and I think their work needs to be seen. And it's just kind of breaks my heart a little bit that there's so much talent out there that, man, I, I think everybody would get a kick out of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because even at the, the, at the, the Queen show a few years ago, um, I'm bad with names, so I just know there was a guy there that hand carved all his calls and man, he, some of the, he would, one would have a line on it or one would have some Indian stuff on it. I mean, stuff that didn't pertain to waterfowl, but was some of the most awesomest calls. Mm-hmm. Um, even got to meet a gentleman last year at real foot that made that, um, hand carved a snake swirling around the insert. Mm-hmm. Made in and then going down the barrel, and it looked like just one big snake on a call. It's like, dude, that's awesome. And I just think, you know, that he's not on social media. Man, I just kind of tears me up. There's so much talent out there that I think needs to be seen. But, yeah. But anyway. oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's. I mean, it's like hole in the wall restaurants, man. Those those people that people don't know about, and they just usually they're regional, right? So they'll be around an area in their state that everyone knows. You go to so and so shed, and they make these duck calls, and that's they they haven't gone past that. That's they're you know they're comfortable with that. Yeah, and say there's there's a lot of them type guys around real foot. Oh, I bet. Dude. Oh man, there's there's a lot of call makers that you know give that little shop or little shed that make calls that I mean you very rarely see. You I mean you, you hardly ever hear their name mentioned, but they are some of the most fantastic call makers you will ever meet and friendly. How how many other uh, call makers have you run into at Real Foot that made metal rig calls? Um, couple. Uh, more than a, I'd say probably about twenty that I know of. No, I know there's more. I mean, basically, uh, most of your call makers around that area make a metal reed. Yeah, that's, that's a real foot more. tradition. But uh, and some of them actually make a J frame or you know have a Louisiana kind of style. But you know, instead of a metal reed, have a plastic reed and kind of shape the tone board. But most for most of them I've met, they make metal reeds. Yeah. Because of the culture in Real Foot, that's that's what they did is use re- metal recalls. 
and you know, and that and that was the um, that was the inspiration behind behind you know my metal rig because it is a real foot style um, based off Fred Rose jig. Um, like I said, you know, going back to my friend Landon that got that organized to do that run. I'm glad I got a part of it. And uh, for anybody that's still trying to on the boat about getting one, there's two left on the site. I mean, I'm telling you, if nothing else, it's an awesome piece of history to have. Mm-hmm. Once they're gone, they're gone. But I'm glad I got one so that I can use it like a flat jig, the principles of a flat jig, to make my own. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so I was, uh, we were talking about uh, what calls are going to be on your lanyard. Man, this year it's going to be my Cajun call, my J-frame. Man, the the Cajun, do you have a a, a Louisiana call? Oh, yes. So uh, the Louisiana calls that I have are from Mr. Alan Graves himself. Mm. And I'm here to tell you, his Cajun call is bad to the freaking bone, and I've got, Three or four of them. Yeah. Yeah. So if I swap out anything, it's going to be for a it'll be for one of his Louisiana styles because, uh, man, that thing is raspy and ducky and nasty all at mm-hmm. the same time. And, you know, going back to, <laughs> I had to keep dragging you out too much longer because I think we beat the record. But, uh, man, talking about a guy that somebody needs to whip his butt and get him on this one of these podcasts, your podcast, Chris or somebody, I'm dying to hear the Alan Graves story. I know, and I tried to talk to Alan Graves, and I just... No. Huh? And I did, too. I did, too. I messaged him, messaged him, and messaged him. Like, man, you need to get on. You need to get on. Come on, man. I want to hear your story, man. I want to hear your inspirations and all that stuff. It needs to be heard because you're putting out too much kick butt stuff right now mm-hmm. but i can't remember what he told me he's like man I, I plan on doing it eventually but just right now i can't so i'm like i, I understand but it's like, i'm gonna keep hounding you about it till you do yeah <laughs> but you say the good friend I, I haven't got to meet him but we've become you know we message each other back and forth just like me and you me and jack me and a bunch um, of other people um, so yeah And we're live. It's okay. <laughs> Sounds but, like the wife found you to wrap things up, buddy. Yeah, the producer. She's the producer. Oh. So she's like, hey, you need to cut this out right now. No, but um, hey. real, really quick, I have a question for you. So uh-huh. a we're, we're going to end this here in a second, but um, one guest I'm trying to – there's a bunch of guests I'm trying to get on, but – we both know this is our busy time, all right? All the call yes. makers are busy. Um, and uh, we're trying to crank calls out. We're trying to fill orders. Uh, so, I mean, if I can get a guest on, I get a guest on. And, you know, it's that's why I was so thankful for you coming on this evening because it was like, man, with the orders I'm trying to fill, it's like I, I just don't have time to hunt someone down and do show notes and do all that stuff. But um, do you remember a radio show called um, Kelly Outdoors? Briefly. Okay, so back in 2008, 
uh, a guy named Kelly Belts, I think it is. He used to go to Real Foot all the time. He was a coal maker. I've heard his name. I just I don't know him. Yeah, um, he was tr- he was doing interviews way before Chris and I ever thought about doing our thing with interviewing oh, yes. call makers. He was the first guy, one of the first guys. He interviewed Butch. He interviewed Charlie Hess. He interviewed all those legends. Um, when they were still alive and they are, if you get, if you're listening to this podcast, look up, uh, he took the radio versions and put them on a podcast called Kelly outdoors. Look that up. Uh, they're fantastic. They're poor quality because they're taken from radio and put to a podcast. So they're a little, they sound like you're listening to a telephone, but to hear Charlie Hess talk about, uh, developing the short read is amazing. An amazing episode. So, and uh, I contacted him just recently and we're talking back and forth and I'm I'm really desperately trying to get uh, Kelly Belts on the uh, podcast. So we'll see. Man, that would be awesome if you could. Because you, you just know it's like you, w- like we did earlier. Before we, pre- before I press record, we'll talk. I'll talk to every one of my guests. For sometimes it's like, man, we've been talking for thirty minutes. I need to press record now. You know, we need to get this going. But um, while we're talking, I'm like setting levels, and there's there's about thirty. Sometimes it's like 10, 15 minutes of convo beforehand. And you just know, like he interviewed the Duck Commander guys before they were huge. He interviewed Butch. He interviewed Charlie Hess. I mean, you look through, he only has like 11 episodes up, but you go through those and you're like, legend, 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 legend. And you just, it's just ridiculous. And you just know that there were some stories he heard that never made it to the air. And I want to try to get those on the podcast. Man, that would be awesome if you could get him on. And, yeah. and still, too, I'll send you a... I've got a list of bakers, too, that I'll send you that um, I don't think have had a podcast done yet. And I think it would be awesome that if we could get their stories as well. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> it... um. I don't know. It uh, Chris does such a good job, and he, I, Chris and I have talked quite a bit, and it's you know, because we are so different, we can come from different angles and ask different different questions. But right. man, I I find it so hard sometimes. Like I'll uh, listen to Chris do an episode, and it's like he he left nothing for me. Like there's certain, there's certain episodes he'll interview someone and I'll be like, I I was thinking of having him as a guest. I'm like, he left no leftovers. Like he totally cleaned the plate. There's nothing left. So, so it's, he's he's had some really good ones on too. And and so have you. And uh, that's that's the reason why I like both of you, man. I I like both of you the same. Y'all do so much for us small shop guys and even the bigger name guys too you know that doing this for us means 
more than what I could ever say thank you for. Well, I, I appreciate it, man. The, and you know what I was going to tell you? I, I keep like trying to go back to it, and then I get we get sidetracked. But uh, two ADD call makers, you know, that's bound to happen. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but there's going to be a spot on my lanyard because open because, I mean, I've got a Kaufman call. I've got a Trichu call. I've got a Lund call. I started, co- I started collecting this year. And, uh, you know, the, 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 my, what I get to do is I get to talk to you people, you guys, and, uh, the lady that was on Laura, um, Laura Tukin. I mean, I yes. get to talk to, to, uh, y'all. And then I'll, I'll eventually get my hands on your calls. And whenever I'm in the, whenever I get to hunt those calls, it's it's full circle, man. I I get to I know the story behind that call I'm using. You know, it's it's uh it's going to be really cool. I'm really excited this year. And one of these days, I'm going to get my hands on one of your uh, metal read calls. Well, so. like I told you, it's in the box. It's just on the to finish list. <laughs> yeah, those are uh, the, the those are man. I I don't know. I don't know. Just call me a um the. Uh, I don't know. I I just uh, there there's a special place in my heart for uh, metal recalls. They just sound so sweet, and yours well, sounds fantastic. I've got the insert almost done. I've been trying to tune it before I make the barrel. Um, like I said, you know, back going back to the earlier podcast, the last podcast we you know we did together, that that's been the hardest thing to do is still learning to tune those and get those just right. Mm-hmm. As soon as I get the insert just right, then it ain't nothing to make the barrel. Then I'll have that sent out to you. Oh uh, well, man, it, it's uh, it it when when I start, you know, I had the podcast, the Hoosier Outdoorsman, and um, it it was it was bittersweet. I got to interview a lot of people, but it was the Hoosier Outdoorsman. It was all about Indiana, so I mean, I ran out of people to talk to. Um, when I started the Rilo's Quack Chat, man, it's just, it's just so rich. There's, I mean, there's, everyone has a backstory. I mean, and it's just awesome. And I, and getting to use some of these calls are just really cool. And I am so shocked that I have not heard a call that is exactly like someone else's. Like. It, it's amazing. I know. I mean, I've, I've probably got, um, I want to say at least 60, maybe a little bit more than that of today's call makers, and none of them sound the exact same. Mm-mm. Now, if I if I was to do, like, send you a sound file <laughs> video for most of them, yeah, I'm going to probably sound the same on most of them because I have a certain... Everybody has their certain air representation that they blow into a call. So, yeah, I'm probably going to make it sound the same. But I can tell you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not one that I that I don't like. Um, everybody, there's so many people out there that make a good one. And there's any of those calls that are in my call collection now that I've gotten from trades. There's not one that I wouldn't be afraid to put on my lanyard and go out there and hunt with. Um <laughs> so man, the, the talent out there is just ridiculous. It yeah. just sound sound wise, We're, and then you step up to everything else. I mean, it just kind of just boom. 
fluctuates so much. Yeah. He, he, you know, we always do the three questions at the end. I'm, I'm going to like, I'm going to ask you a question and then I'll, I'll do the, I'll give an answer to, okay. All what right. is, what is one tip that you could give any call maker? Take your time. Yeah. Take your time. Focus. Don't. The, my biggest tip is don't focus on a barrel. Focus on your sound. Yeah. Get get your sound right. Get your sound where you want it. Then put everything else to that. Then everything else can come after that. That would be my biggest tip: is don't worry about trying to put yourself out there quick. Work on your sound. Get yourself right. Get it right, and then put yourself out there. The biggest tip I can give anybody. Yeah. And note that I'm here if you have a problem. Yep. You want to know my tip? What's that? Uh, have a hat. <laughs> Cause, have dude, a hat? Yes, because I'll tell you what. Uh, Paul Kaufman sent me a Kaufman Custom Calls hat <laughs> with his call. And I have worn that freaking hat every day since I got it. <laughs> man, I would love to get a, a run of hats. Uh-huh. But, man, I just know in the previous, like, past the time I've done a few runs of them, I normally end up giving most of them away versus yeah. selling them. So it's kind of not that I don't like, you know, I like giving them away, but it's hard to give them all away if you don't have some income coming off of it to to get another batch because it's kind of like calls mm-hmm. um i make my i made it to this year to where the call company sustains itself so whatever i get to make is from like whatever i make on a call i put right back in the material so that i can keep on making mm-hmm. so it's so i've made the call company sustain itself yeah well, you know, as far as advertising goes, man, as when the as far as the podcast goes, you know, there's I always bring up my past guests. I always bring up like Cody Law, you, Jack Trichu, Jack Trichu, Patrick Greaves, Kyle Fleming. I bring up all the guests, Laura Tukin, I mean everyone. Uh Zane Haas Turner, um just everyone. Um but I'll tell you what, the the guy that kind of has it uh going on is and i don't even think about it i don't even i don't even think of that i'm doing it you know i'll talk about kaufman custom calls and have you know promote paul a little bit on the podcast um and talk about his call but if you look through my promo videos i'm always wearing that hat and i don't even realize it (laughs) so i'll be doing a shooting a promo and there's kaufman custom calls on my head and i'm like Dude, the, it it's such a comfortable hat, <laughs> and well, I don't like even that, know. Uh, it. I've been really wanting to get one of Zane Zane's uh, Zane's hats. Those hats are Hall. slick, dude. Which is actually out of all the logos I've ever seen for your call company, his has to be the best one I've ever seen. Just yep. because I love labs, and it's that lat that duck in that lab's mouth. And him taking that concept and doing it as logo, man, I just love his logo. I just, I wish I could do something with the lab, but I don't want to do something like his because I don't want to take his idea and copy it. But mm-hmm. because I hunt with two dogs, 
um, I've kind of maybe thought about, you know, doing something with two dogs and a duck. Mm. Anyway, you know, and then, of course, too, you know, Paul Kaufman, I like it. He's got an awesome logo, and, man, he's been killing it here lately, too. I just, I know you don't think you've seen quite a bit from him here lately, but, man, what he what he does put out is just absolute stellar. And then also, too, I got to throw his name out there because he hasn't been mentioned yet. Um, Brian Spray, um, I'm very got to be very good friends with him, and we're supposed to hook up sometime. And I'm supposed to go to his shop, and we're going to do some collab calls together as well. Ooh, that dude is just nailing it as well. And he was your second, yes, yeah, second place winner in the Collins Classic last year. Really? Yeah. And there, and there's a guy. There's a matter of fact. There's another guy for you when you get on your podcast. Because we need to hear his story. Yeah, we'll send him my way. I certainly will. I yeah. forgot about it. Well, I say I don't want to say I forgot about it, but uh, I <laughs> forgot. I, I guess I forgot to mention him to you because uh-huh. uh, we talk all the time too. Yeah, I got to meet him at Colapalooza this past year or this year. Awesome, awesome. Well, I just want to congratulate congratulate you, uh, Josh. You you beat Jack. I mean, you, 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 uh, I think you pull, pulled a, um, what's it called? They pull it in the Senate. Oh, um, where they keep talking to get the bill passed through. I don't know, but we've set a record. That's for sure. We're almost at two hours and 10 minutes. Uh, I have one, an hour and 49 minutes. Oh, okay. I, for, I forgot because that's how much we talked before we started the podcast. Yeah. See, you, uh, Gosh, what's it called? Whenever they uh, keep talking to um, Dagon, someone is screaming at their phone right now. The answer. Um, oh, what's <laughs> it called? You got me stumped, man. Ah, it's my f- personal favorite one they ever did was uh, Ted Cruz <laughs> had to burn like five hours, so he brought out he read Doctor Seuss for five hours. <laughs> oh, oh, so yeah, some of those. Um, Dad, gone. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to be finally like falling asleep, and I'm going to like jump up and be like, Dad, gone. That's what it's called. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, thank you so much for uh, calling into the podcast and making sure you. Uh, Went over, you know, drug out that time so you could beat Jack's record and uh, <laughs> it'll stand for a long time. And uh, just so Jack knows that you just took his record there. So, well, good deal, <laughs> man. I, I just want to say to you, thanks for having me on again. And maybe I'll, you know, 34 months or however long, you know, we'll do another one. But in, but in the meantime, um, I'm going to keep sending you some guy, a list of some guys that. Um, haven't had their story told yet that I think we need to we need to definitely hear because you know even as much as you and Chris do there's still so much so much out there that we need to hear from mm-hmm. so but I'll keep sending you their names and you know we'll keep like like we've been doing since the last time we'll just keep up with each other keep talking and all that good stuff and then and we'll we'll do this again later on yeah yeah ah filibuster there you go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> now I can have a nice 
nice uh good sleep tonight so <laughs> no but uh yeah actually um before we close out i'm just going to let you in on something uh josh so i because my last phone sucked the, the i was very much limited on what i could do with the podcast and it they could barely hear me and it was just that's why i didn't put a, put out a lot of episodes on the hoosier outdoorsman because the phone just did not work for the podcast but um one thing i'm really thinking about doing maybe once a month is doing like a four person facetime and have four so it would be like three call makers plus me i'd be moderating um, and then one of the call makers would probably be one of my past guests, like you, Jack Trichu, whoever. And I would have them, I would tell them ahead of time, hey, make sure, you know, help me out with like four or five questions. I'll turn it over to you for the other guys. Um, and we can have kind of like a uh, call maker chat and uh, with about four guys. Dude, that would be awesome. And, you know, something too, to add to that is like say hey this week's guest is going to be josh jack patrick and zane mm-hmm. or you know it's like hey if you have any questions about call making you would like these guys <laughs> to answer Ooh. that way they can give you some questions uh, like whether it be tips on finishing or sanding or how did you do this you know and stuff like that that would be pretty cool too mm-hmm. or if mm-hmm. they had just like Say, hey, Jack, what was your inspiration behind the classic? Or, Patrick, you know, what have you been up to? And, uh, of course, I know he's had a lot going on with his son. You know, the reason why we haven't probably seen a lot of his stuff. Oh, yeah. Man, I, I miss seeing it. Because um, I'm telling you, he makes a bad to the bone call, too. And I'll say that about everybody. But, I mean, I legit have one of his calls, and it is a runner. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, but that, um, that's what I am going to try to work towards in the future. So we'll, what we'll probably do is it'll be, uh, one or two guests that have been on before and then we'll have a, a new guest coming on. Um, that way we can, you know, have, yeah. it, it'll yeah, be it, interesting. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So. So we'll uh I'll probably get with you and some of the uh past guests and try to get some of those scheduled ahead of time and um I may use you for a uh guinea pig one night for uh doing one of those just to uh run through that and see if it works cuz I already know everyone that's going to have to do that is going to have to have headphones on or it will feed through and you won't be able to hear crap Oh, yeah. Well, so. you can use me as a guinea pig. Just make sure you press your cord because if we get it right, then you dig and be like, okay, well, here's your first one. We did it right the first time. Ta-da! <laughs> Man, you, you want to be the first one for that. And you have you you pulled your filibuster. You have the record. You stole it from Jack. I mean, what else do you want, Josh? Seriously. Well, I mean, I want <laughs> a hooker and a pound of cocaine, but that's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> Joking, joking. Well, now I have to put the par- parental advisory on the bottom of the podcast. That's a first. Good job. <laughs> All right, Josh, thank you so much for calling in, man. It's always a great time. And, man, you've helped me out with a bunch of stuff as far as call making. And uh, 
you're definitely one of the uh, call makers I look up to. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of uh, what you're doing right now. Thank you so much for uh, calling in and helping me get an episode out. You're very welcome, Bob. I appreciate you as well, Bob. All right. So this has been Riley Hendrickson with Rilo's Quack Chat. If you get a chance, check out Josh Lynn. Look up the um, his teal call. Check those out. Those sound fantastic. I mean, he really got those dialed in. Um, man, look at some of the calls he's got. The the uh, shadow, the Luna. I mean, um, the I think it was I forget the his metal recall. I mean, he has such a catalog that's fantastic. Um, and just get with him and uh, order a call. You will not be disappointed. They sound fantastic. They own. They all have their own neat tones. Um, and yeah, check those out. Get with them. Um, and. As always, uh, make sure if you get a chance, uh, leave a rating on uh, the podcast on iTunes uh, or whatever uh, you're using for the podcast. Make sure you leave a good rating. If you like this podcast, that helps people find the podcast um, and that, you know, that helps people find out about calls and it just helps the whole situation. So, um, yeah. So till next time, this has been Rilo's Quack Chat. (laughs) 